dang, I bought most of my equipment on like 2019. <laughs> it's like somehow it's like, oh, every three years now, it's like I'm going to have to go and upgrade everything all at once. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Insatiable Investigators. I'm your Detective XP player and welcome back to the podcast. So, um, yeah, I'd like to talk about the recent release from Sony. You know, you know how much I'm a fan of Sony stuff. So, yeah, we're going to talk about that and then after that it'll be free talk. Because, yeah, I just need to get the Sony part out of the way. I know I've talked about this on yesterday's stream. That's right, everyone. Today is the same day upload for the podcast. Hooray. Two times in a row. <laughs> oh, man. That's that's sort of weird. But, yeah. So, yeah. Based on the phones, actually, uh, we have the Xperia 1 Mark IV and the 10 Mark IV. And for Japan, mainly, we ha- they also have the Ace 3. But that's more like a budget phone instead. So, we won't be covering that. Uh, we'll be focusing mostly on the 1 Mark IV and then a little bit of 10 Mark IV. So the thing about this is that, well, it's actually... I'm actually considering upgrading. Because here's the thing, it's like, when I check the upgrades, while if you already bought the 1 Mark III, I don't recommend upgrading because the improvements aren't as much. Uh, plus you shouldn't be upgrading your phone every single year because that's just... That's just unnecessary with the like decreasing improvements you're getting every year on year. So I don't recommend that in the first place. But uh, yeah, what we have for the One Mark IV are quite a lot of like additions to it too. Uh, while it's relatively minor, relatively minimal, it's still enough to like warranty more of an incentive for uh, older phone users to actually upgrade. For example, me with the Xperia 1, the OG uh, Xperia 1, I have a bit more of an incentive to actually upgrade now, even though the price tag is, was it, $14.99 or $15.99, depending on the market you're on. Hong Kong here is uh, 10500 10, Hong Kong, so that goes around uh, $13.50 US dollars. So yeah, that's for the 512 GB uh, storage. The 256 goes for 9,700 USD, so that's like sitting around 1250 US dollars. So yeah, that's a bit of a difference, I guess. But yeah, if you're into that difference, I guess uh, that's up to you. But we'll quickly go through the features real quick. So I guess people really love the camera, so we're gonna talk about that. So in terms of the camera, you have another triple lens setup. We have a 16 megabytes super and uh, ultra wide for that and then your standard 24 millimeter and then we have a truly optic 85 to 125 milli lens uh, tele- telephoto yeah telephoto now the thing about this is that rather than the switching the flipping between the two focal lengths you can actually zoom in optically between these distances and so that essentially means that you will have a much better uh, zoom quality without any loss in quality because you're using the exact same lens. You're just only changing the zoom factor and the focal length instead. So it's something like the zoom lens you would have on your mirrorless camera or your DSLR or even a bridge camera. 
something like that so i mean i'd say a very very nice addition honestly and I'd like to see how much more they would like innovate in terms of these things but yeah for these triple lens you are able to capture 4k hdr 120 frames per second on all three lenses and so it would be very good to use if you're like valuing like this sort of like value on like multiple focal lengths and so that's pretty good when you consider it that way and the front camera did upgrade so it does have a slightly larger sensor though obviously it's not as equal as the main triple uh, lens setup you do have it upgraded to a 12 megapixel and that still does 4k i'm not sure the exact stats but it is 4k 12 megapixels so probably they showed in something like from the past models and then they just put that there so i guess that's a, that's a neat upgrade if i upgraded the front camera which uh people have been righteously bashing on i mean i personally don't see much of a need to upgrade that i guess i mean for me at least for me it's because i don't really use the front camera but yeah it is a nice improvement here and i can see it like start to open up to more people using it but yeah that's the camera's setup the pairing apps that go with it are still the same we have the cinema cinema pro i cannot speak today and the video pro which you can now live stream directly from or you can also stream uh and connect the Xperia to an alpha camera. So say you have like the cliched A7S III or say even the more recent A7 IV. You can connect that to Xperia and you can essentially live stream directly with that camera and connect that to your Xperia 1 Mark IV. Now similar features have been featured on the Xperia Pro because that's more focused on like a live stream setup where you can integrate that to like a camera and stream with that and set up they kind of take those factors then put it into video pro which is a very nice addition honestly it's like that means even you don't have to specifically go get those pro versions of the xperia to experience a lot of those extra features as well so that's the sort of like addition i do like and then there's also photo pro which is well you have more manual settings than your typical camera so yeah if you're into like this manual settings you want to optimize something a photo or you know the camera experience as you would a normal camera then yeah honestly uh it's still one of the prime choices to get if manual photography is your ordeal there are improvements on the auto photography because they have started to integrate a bit more ai it, the night's performance is improving though probably it's not impressive if you're seeing from the lens of a mainstream samsung iphone or sort of stuff but personally i do see like the natural approach would add improvements on the computational side of things to actually go well with Xperia because that's the whole I guess niche that Xperia is going for it's like a more I guess for people that wants to have more control over what they want to take photos of because in a sense you could say photography is like art assisted by science so it's like true scientific methods of changing like the focal lengths the aperture 
the ISO, you can change a atmosphere. You can change the atmosphere of how your photo would end up looking. So yeah, if that's what you want to go for and not have the AI do that for you, then yeah. Honestly, Sony, Sony, I'm still going for it still. But other than that, um, it is a content creator sort of like driven phone and there has been a new app. They introduced a Music Pro app. So what that does is essentially like a inbuilt sort of digital audio workshop, so a Dolph software. So if you're into music production and you probably want to record a session on the go and you probably have like a bunch of like wind noises in the way, you could actually still record it on the Xperia 1 Mark 4 and upload that to a cloud which is which is a monthly subscription, sure, but it's sort of like algorithms allows you to like have that audio isolated from the noise. Uh, wind wind filter basically applies a wind filter gets rid of the wind and if it possible or if you want to separate your vocal tracks and the instrumental tracks so there's that but you know the reviews that I've seen that like came out of embargo they didn't get to use the music pro app so I'm not sure how uh, you know, well put that is. I'm not the music production, you know, I'm not the music producer, so I'm not sure the efficiency of that or how well it is. But if it works pretty well, then I could probably, there's probably more incentive for people, especially content creators, to really shift the experience. That's really the gimmick here, and you know, uh, there are a lot more things to just that too. And also, we have gaming side of things. So they have made more improvements to the game enhancer. So now you can even live stream directly from the phone. Or if you want to, just connect the Xperia to your PC or laptop with a cable. And you can just stream the audio and video into that device. So it makes it very feasible for like a live stream setup, which where you're gonna use your mobile as your main app, or as your main like game runner. So it could split your efforts essentially. So the game itself is gonna be processed in the uh, One Mark Four, whereas the like the live streaming setup will be dealt with on your OBS or something like that, wherever you're streaming on. So yeah, I find it actually pretty viable too. So. I don't know, it's like, I find it, yeah, they really are focusing on the content creation aspect of things, and so, yeah, content creators should really give this a try, you know, I mean, yeah, maybe get the sample unit, try it for like a little bit and see if you want to buy it, because I really, I really could see this direction uh, pushed forward even more by Sony, and eventually we'll have like a content creator phone, even on, as their standard flagship. And that's awesome. Now, of course, there are the features here that are like the typical user would be concerned with. And one would be the display, which still is, even even all the way back from the Xperia 1, the OG, we still have 4K HDR. And we have the 120Hz for the One Mark 4 as well. Well, that started from like One Mark 2 and 3, I think. Uh, no, that was started from One Mark 3. Uh, yeah, so that kept going, but now the brightness is up by 50% for the 
from the One Mark Three, so that means it is more watchable. It's more bearable to see under uh, sunlight. So yeah, that's pretty good in that aspect. So like to see that if there's like an option to like keep raising it a little bit more at a time. But yeah, the battery is up to milli five thousand milliamps hour. So a 500 increase from the last generation, One Mark Three, and yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Not that significant of an upgrade, but you shouldn't be expecting like very powerful, like major upgrades. Uh, now that we kind of like reach almost sort of like a bottleneck for phones, you know. So don't really expect. I don't think I should really expect that much of a leap from four to five as well. Probably they're gonna improve on the truly optical lens aspect, but we'll see. But yeah, other than that, there's also the sort of uh, what else is there to really take home? I guess. I mean, yeah, they have the wind filter for the mics as well. So if you're gonna enable that, the wind will kind of like cancel out somewhat as well. So something similar to the functions you'll also see on your ZV-E10 if you have that. So, that's pretty nice. So what about this phone? It costs, as I said, $15.99 if you're on the US for the 512GB storage. And of course the RAM for both versions are all 12GB of RAM, so there's that. Would I buy it? Probably. My mom is literally like, hey, um, hey, um, XP, I, I, can, you, can you give me your phone so, when, so you buy a new phone, you know? Once you get a new phone, give me your old phone. <laughs> I don't know. It's like, that's sort of like trade-in sort of thing. I don't know. There is some appeal, I must say, with Xperia, even if you're not, like, I guess, into the need of using all those features. Which in that case, you have the 10, the 10 Mark IV. Now, the improvements of the 10 Mark IV, actually, is that it isn't still much. It's still an OLED, but that's full HD, so 1080p 60. It does that, so relatively, it's like passable. It's sort of like a passable monitor, but, you know, it is like targeted at the sort of mid-range sort of area, so... I don't know. I wouldn't really understand too much of it. It costs $3,799 Hong Kong. So that's roughly like four five hundred US. So somewhere in that range. And the cameras you have are the 1627? 1627-34, I believe. But yeah. The thing about it is obviously it does keep most of the hardware features and the battery itself is 5000 milliamps hours as well. So just the same as the one Mark IV just now. So yeah, if you're into just like a slightly less function phone, you just want like a phone for your daily drive. Honestly, the 10 Mark IV is more than enough. Not to mention the uh, extensive battery time you're gonna have. Like, Imagine this. You have the same battery as the One Mark IV, but then you aren't going to be using the features because the features that you have on the 10 Mark IV aren't as intense. And so that would mean that you don't get to use up the juice that fast, but you still have the, you know, same battery care that you do with the One Mark IV. 
And so what you get now is that it's a much more durable phone in terms of like battery length. So, I mean, if your priority is to have like a phone, just a phone, but can last very long, honestly, a 10 Mark IV is going to get up there too. And the 10 Mark IV also has like the AI improvements as well in terms of like, uh, photography if you're into that. So now, you know, there'll be more night mode compensations and stuff. So, I mean, if you're into that, yeah, 10 Mark IV, that's... I guess it's an alright thing, even though Hong Kongers kind of like, uh, kind of like you know, downplay the thing because you know we always think that <laughs> we mostly think that oh the Tenma Four is just impossible. We could just ignore that. But I mean, can you just imagine the battery you're getting out of it? Like, damn. But yeah, with that said, um, that's me with the Sony phones. They also released, uh, not released. They also announced the other things too. Oh yeah, I forgot to talk about the release dates. The One Mark Four for Hong Kong is already up for pre-order and deliveries will start from the 27th of May. So that's probably one of the fastest times that Sony did between the announcement and actual delivery. That's like within two to three weeks. So relatively fast for people in Hong Kong, but not so much for US because from what I heard, they had to wait until September. Good luck, have fun, unfortunately, but in a sense, you could understand as it as a way that, oh, perhaps that means it give you more time to, so that it'll optimize the usage because now that they announced most of the major features, now they're going to spend that time fine-tuning the bugs because, you know, the worst thing you want is, you know, have your phone and end up finding like a fatal flaw, you know, something like the Samsung Galaxy Note 7, yeah. Yeah, you don't want that happening with your phone now, do you? So, <laughs> yeah. In a sense, I do understand the delay, but sometimes too, it's like perhaps there should be a good compromise. Maybe one or two months, they could ship. It should be able to be delivered, you know, directly rather than like four months in the USA, but then like three weeks here in Hong Kong. Yeah, that's probably the thing that they still need to improve on consistency, because you know people. Customers would get like kind of like irritated with like the unfairness of these things. But yeah, I guess the only major, major trigger point here is that they got rid of the included charger. See, they don't even have a charger included with your, uh, what do you want to call it? With your phone. You just don't have that. You don't even have the option to just, you know, opt out of it. It's just that. When you get the phone, it's just the phone. That's it. That's it. You don't even get to choose whether you want to add or not. I mean, you want to include that or not, because if you do, you need to add another like 250 Hong Kong. So that's like uh, 50? 50 US? Something like that. I think it's much less than that. It's like 30 US, something like that. But you get the idea. It's like, you aren't supposed to do that. Sony. Sony. I thought. I thought you could at least think about that this should be an option, right? You shouldn't assume that everyone has a charger. Like, I have plugs, sure, but they don't do like 30, 30 watt quick charge. Like, seriously. So, that's a sort of like disappointing area in Sony that I must call out. Because, you know, doing that for the sake of zero emissions, zero net carbon emissions is a bit too much of a stretch okay people still need the options because now that you need it as a separate add-on it's like it's now like extra waste included so not good honestly Sony 
Sony. Next time we release a phone, make sure that you give us the option to include the charger. Okay, some of us probably have millions of chargers at this point and probably don't need another one, but some of us do. Because we always use switch our phones like once every like three or four years, like me right now. I'm on my third year. It's almost reaching its third year right now. In fact, it's like two years and eight months that I've got my Xperia 1. And so it's like, you know, my charger kind of like broke already. I already broke several extra cables while I'm out there, but you know, it's like I need some extra, I need the option to have a charger. So yeah, that's my main credit. Anyways, that aside, um, later in the week also, Sony also announced the uh, WH-1000 Mark V. So that's the wireless headphones, the wireless flagship headphones that they have. And they have their fifth iteration announced earlier last week as well. In fact, that was like two days ago, I think. They announced it on 13th, right? So, yeah. Um, the takeaway of that is that what it seems to do is that it's like, again, similar to the difference between the Xperia 1 Mark 3 and 1 Mark 4. The difference isn't too much that it probably would justify you upgrading that. But, you know, probably some people would dislike the idea that you can't fold your headphone anymore. I mean, yeah, sure, it does come with more softer fitting cushions, ear cushions. And, you know, it's a bit more lightweight on the headband itself. Yeah, some people will appreciate that, but you know, you can, now that you can't fold it, some people will complain about it because they they missed about the portability of it, uh, which the three and four does have, especially the four fourth iteration. So, yeah, I mean, I probably still buy it because I never I don't have one of those head headphones ever. I just have the earbuds, the WF one thousand Mark III, WF right, not WX right. WX or WF? I need to look at my phone. Sheesh. Um, hold on. Where is it? Where is it? I need to check my Bluetooth. That's right. I don't. What's the more? All right. That. Huh. I find it really interesting that you can't do whatever. You can't check your previously connected devices until you're on your Bluetooth. But yeah, it's the WF One Thousand Mark Three. Problem with that right now is that my current uh, earbuds is. My left ear, hair, left earbud only lasts like 40 minutes of listening, and then my right ear lasts lasts only like 14, 15 minutes or so. So it's like I can't even use that for like a proper listen. Like I, I, I take the bus. Okay, I take the bus. I nap on it. I like to listen to music, and uh, yeah. Mm, I don't get that. I just end up sleeping as my battery just dies out. <laughs> so, yeah. Probably I'm gonna find an upgrade, I guess. Man, there's a lot of things I need to upgrade, yeah. But yeah, overall, my thoughts about this week's like, Sony's products is that, yeah, I would consider the 1 Mark 4. And yeah, depending on whatever, I'm probably gonna choose to upgrade to that. I mean, for Hong Kong at least, the you are including the link buds with that, so it does shave off like around 2k off the cost. So, 2k? No, not 2k. 2k Hong Kong. No, 200 US dollars. Man, the currencies are huge pain in the balls. But yeah, essentially, if you're gonna buy it from Hong Kong, you're shaving off 200 because you're getting it in exchange for the value of the link buds. 
so I mean yeah I mean it's a nice upgrade for me because that means I didn't have something to listen with problem is it's an open ear thing probably will be good for the overall listening experience and have yourself be aware of the surroundings but the problem is that what you're listening to would also leak into the surroundings as well which I don't like so yeah I might I might have to consider that offer somewhere somewhere down the line but yeah, uh, with that said, um, other than Sony, I actually tried to consider upgrading my laptop as well. Because here's the thing, the monitor hinge is quite vulnerable, let's just say. And I realized that it isn't really handling my BTD6 livestream yesterday that well. Because if I, as long as I click away from BTD6, I apparently lag a lot on the hardware. I know it's not my connection because my connection is, is green bar all the way. So I know it's hardware issue. So yeah, quite yeah, I think it's reaching its limit right now. It's also reach it's all past its third year actually. It's like dang, I bought most of my equipment on my 2019. <laughs> it's like somehow it's like, oh every three years now it's like I'm gonna have to go and upgrade everything all at once. <laughs> Probably, but I'll see. I'll see if I can try to stretch these long enough for new offers here and there, but uh, yeah. I have been having my eyes on the electronics laptops, but I haven't heard any major updates from them yet, so we'll see. I'm still eyeing on the Max 15, mainly because of the sort of like portability and lightweightness of it, but uh, seeing like the more mainstream ones like the Asus, um, Asus Brands, Asus Cepheus, or like the Legion 5H, 5i I guess. Something of the sorts, they would do alright, but you know, I still need some time. I think I could still hang a little bit longer with my laptop and you know, my devices on hand already, so there's not really a need for me to rush for an upgrade. I could probably wait for like a special offer to like get most of my new equipment on a discount and I'll maybe do like a review thing and then just do like a review video and be like oh hey this is my old equipment and I'm gonna compare it with my new equipment and see is it is the upgrade worth it so <laughs> yeah that could be a series I could put on the zero two in productions yeah um tech tech aside I guess that's pretty much it free talk yeah we'll just do free talk so yeah Dang, technology. It's like, yeah, you're probably gonna have to replace it once every three or four years, but if you're really wise or intelligent in like your control or care for your tech, it could last four to five years pretty easily. So, I mean, I'm into that, I guess. It'll be nice to see those like things last longer, and so it's like reduces your urgency to buy new tech. Because after all, um, I don't really like this sort of like, uh, planned redundancy of like certain, certain, I guess, tech because that just means that you're forcing your customers to get new products and that would be more e-waste and that's not good, you know. I really would prefer it if it went back to the time where uh, tech is meant to last you for a long time and that there's no need to desperately get the newest tech for things so yeah it's like whenever whenever you have like 
and necessity to upgrade that's the time you get it and you can last that for like five years that's only that's honestly like the direction that tech should should have honestly if we want to like control our like e-waste that we're doing so there's that anyways can we talk can we free talk i guess yeah we can we can because um i have tried talking a little bit about like my sort of like channel developments and all that stuff so if you're listening to me from the podcast um i have my main channel xp player 1227 and i want to like repurpose it or i guess rebrand it to more of a live stream sort of like a channel and i'm still trying to figure out like the routines of certain things like a schedule or you know something like that so that way it's like i could do more live streams and all that stuff because dang that btd6 stream that i did just yesterday um dang that's a lot that's a lot <laughs> i mean i could talk for five hours straight if that's something i've learned but yeah I'm thinking that I'll be going back to those roots because I realized that's the sort of perspective that I wanted to do anyways. That's that's the original thing that I was... The Chosom. Chosom. How do you translate Chosom? Uh, Chosom basically means like the... If you translate it directly, it means first heart. But I guess that means like your initial motivations, I guess, if I were to translate it in the context of what i'm trying to uh, convey here uh it would be like the initial incentives initial motivations for me of starting a youtube channel because what i liked about the time back there in like 2014 or 20 or even earlier than that is like uh i would just come back home watch a bit of like minecraft watch a bit of btd watch a bit of you know casual gaming back in the days and like just see some see some players in there like, see some guys, see some dudes, just literally just hanging out with their friends and just casually playing their game while they talk about weird stories that happen, happen in their lives, something like that. I really love that aspect of it, and so that's really what got me to start the channel. And as I, like, develop over the time, over time, it's like I had less opportunity to do that. And so it's like, that's why I started from, like, late 2021. I kind of like started to do live streams because I really, I realized that's probably what's how I can, you know, return to that initial motivation without, you know, shifting too far away from what I guess, whatever it is. So, yeah, let's just say that live stream is probably going to be something I'd be more inclined to do over time. And I'll be reducing my video series. So, yeah, there's that. And so, with that said, the, like, more advanced videos sort of things that I would want to do more editing with, I'm going to delegate that to other channels. So, yeah, whatever that is, I'm not sure. But we'll see, I guess. Uh, I'm listening to City Pop right now because I need some BGM. I realize whenever I, like, try to do, like, a podcast, it, like... It would ease me a lot if I listened to some BGM. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm recording this podcast for the third time already. It's like, <laughs> yeah, first time and second time I kind of used a bit too much time talking about the experience without getting to like the other Sony tech as well. So there's that. 
so I had to like re-record it, re-record it, and yeah. I mean, probably you don't like the raw aspect of this podcast, but you know, sometimes you just want to talk about stuff uninterrupted, and streams aren't necessarily the optimal choice to do that. But yeah, uh, man, uh, yesterday's stream was, yeah, I'm a, I actually hung up a poster on the background halfway through the stream. Yeah, if you don't know, I bought it for the book. I mentioned it back then when I was collabing uh, and doing the podcast together with uh, Lil Mark or Vintage Chip, if you knew him back in the days. Yeah, I hung up a poster that came included with the photo book that I introduced back there. And uh, yeah, speaking of Venti actually, uh, or Lil Mark, he has returned. He has finally returned his presence on YouTube. Welcome back. Welcome back, Venti Chip. Yeah, looks like he's already back on like uh, critiquing on, uh, you know, 35 year old virgins that are socially awkward. Like, I mean, God. I mean, I understand that it takes a while for some people to understand social cues, but at 35 years old, right, 35 years old, you're looking down below the table as a girl literally sits in front of you. My man, at least give the person respect and look at them. Don't look down at the table. It makes it look like you're either too nervous or you just don't have the intention to at least say hi. Like I say, you're looking down and saying hi, hi, man. Eye contact, some eye contact if you can. Honestly, honestly, even if you're nervous, give some give some respect by giving some eye contact. Like, acknowledge their existence, you know that sort of thing. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, we'll let Venti do the talking for that one. It lasts around seven minutes, I guess. So, yeah, you can go ahead check that out. And yeah. Hey, there you go, Fenty. I shouted you out without you coming on. But yeah, there you go. Um, yeah. That's really YouTube, I guess. It just evolves on it is. And sometimes the things that people like do change over time. Like, I, I now don't even understand, like, the meme culture. Because now it's like, uh, somehow loud noise equals kaha good memes. Like... What happened to mean quality? It's just gone to something that's just, eh. I don't know. I feel like a boomer whenever I'm looking at the memes nowadays. But yeah. <laughs> oh man. What is with me with that? But uh, yeah. I don't know what else there is for that because right now it's like I decided to start pursuing things, I guess. Uh, right now I have like three angles to pursue on. One of it is obviously uh, the channels themselves, you know, my YouTube presence and all that. I like to shift it more to like a live streaming aspect because I kind of like the interaction. I like a conversation, you know, uh, especially when done live because that way I can like brainstorm more ideas too. If you're like, you know, you could have like little extra perspective as to like certain things. Like that time during the stream, I kind of like talked about VTubers. And all that stuff because of like oh showing your face or creating content or something like that or giving value to people that sort of thing so yeah that's sort of like i guess that's like you know, how you can train your improv vice improv talk or something like that yeah 
That's that's a pretty good idea to really practice it on the live stream with some people interacting with you. So there you go. And then there's also like the second aspect, I guess. The second aspect is bartending. As I said, I was like, I don't mind striking up a conversation as long as you have like a bunch of stories to tell. Honestly, I'm all ears. And I found that the aspect of that as a bartender, where you're like you have you have this like chill of personality that people are customers are opening up to you to talk about their <laughs> stories and stuff. It's like I find that pretty nice to I guess attempt to do. So yeah. The bars in Hong Kong are gonna open up this week, this coming week. So yeah, I'll be trying to get myself, land myself a bartender job or at least like a, I guess a server or a bar backer, bar back. So yeah, either way, I like to start working at a bar. It's a cool place. I like to get up there as a, a bartender, especially for the alcohol. <laughs> Man, alcohol is like a weird sort of thing because you know, drink some of it and it's like you kind of like let some of your guard down and you just open up and sometimes I just like sort of appreciate those semi-drunk parts where you get to open up about your like bottled up feelings it works it works sometimes well, I mean yeah <laughs> bartenders aren't professional like therapists or counselors but still it's like a good place to like rant out those parts I guess as long as they're polite as long as you're polite to your bartender, honestly, I think bartender would just, you know, that, don't mind the extra company, I guess. Because after all, why not? Why not? Bars are pretty chill place, and I've never been to one yet. Those are just are my impressions of a bar, though. It's like a place to chill, relax. If, if you have friends, that's nice. If you don't have any, talk to the bartender if you can, you know, something like that. That's that's my impression of a bar, a bar honestly. And yeah i realized that with all the people just coming to the bar and just chilling it's like i feel like eventually you've learned a few people along the way you know a few people along the way i feel like that's just a good start to start on your real life networking and hey i need some i need some learning on that because honestly right now it's like i don't have any direct contacts or any contacts with any other content creator except uh you know venting and that's like my real life friend, dear lord. But uh, yeah, it's like, I'm gonna need to work on that. Technically, I do have like a small circle from the people from my classmates from the content, not the content, the ca not the camera assistance course. I'll, I was also trying to do on that as well, but it's like, um, I like the larger circle because, you know, my ambitions are insatiably big. Like just recently, I kind of like watched like Kaorin's sort of like skydiving, like surprise birthday skydive. It's like, holy balls. Imagine all the content you could do and imagine that sort of thing. Yeah, it's probably going to freak the living balls out of you. But it's like, I feel like after you overcome that fear, fear of just falling and then you just look up and look out and just appreciate the amazing views that you have that's like that sense of satisfaction that you get from it you know so you know some risks have their rewards and sometimes it's worth taking that risk you know that's why people always say get out of your comfort zones because sometimes you may find that some things outside of the comfort zone is surprisingly even better than what you have already and so 
That's I guess what I go for. But yeah, I realized like there's like an overweight sort of thing. If you're above 90 kilograms, you can't <laughs> you can't even do skydiving because I guess that's a bit too much load. Like just imagine this, like if you're over 90 kilograms and you just fall from fall from the sky. Imagine how much how much energy it takes for you to uh, slow down with your parachute. Imagine if your parachute just can't handle that. That's not good. So yeah, I'm gonna need to check my weight and I guess get myself down to a more appropriate level. <laughs> oh man, oh man, skydiving. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a good idea. It's like, oh, it could be like a real life stream and it's like, oh, uh, the highest bidder. I'm gonna, I'm gonna read the highest donations, uh, comments from the highest donations uh, as I skydive. It's like, uh, thanks to blah, 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 for blah, blah, blah. And he says, um, best whatever, I don't know. I don't know what people will type these days. And uh, yeah, I'll just, I'll just try saying that as I skydive. Yeah, that would be like a very fun plan. But it's like, I find it probably a bit difficult to implement, I guess, because, you know. I mean, while yes, there are some skydiving places that include like two instructors. One that is you're literally hooked with, and the other one being the cameraman. Yeah, it's like, yeah, there's that, but then there's also aspect of perhaps there's more to that, I guess. I like to live stream the experience. <laughs> so it's like, oh, hey, people can also like experience the perspective of skydiving. <laughs> oh man, what's with, what's with, what's with entertainers and skydiving these days? Sheesh. Omar de Porca actually did skydiving earlier this month too, so dang. What's with skydiving these days? Sheesh. It's like it was skydiving season or something. I don't know. But yeah. Anyways, with that said, um, right. The third passion. Or is it the second passion? The third passion, right. Third passion, aviation. Now, this passion actually sort of like began quite early in my life. And well things happened in life and i kind of had to like bury that down but then it's like after a bit of introduction and you know showcase that oh wait there are some programs out there that sort of exist that can help me return to that you know passion it's like i'm suddenly fired up again to just get back into it because i honestly thought it was the end of the line for me with the sort of like, I guess I would call it a tragedy, at least in my perspective. But it's like I thought I wouldn't be able to do aviation again. But you know, seeing that, that that's a possibility with the programs that they offer, it's like, oh wait, I can get back to it again. <laughs> so yeah, that's the third passion I'll be chasing. And hopefully, with these passions that I've discovered or rediscovered, I like to share that and put that on YouTube, honestly. So, yeah, that's I guess what we're gonna be looking forward to. That's like, uh, for the Xperia Player 1337 channel, I'm gonna like update that to like a variety streaming sort of thing over time. And then, as for the F021 productions, it's gonna be like a more higher quality video sort of thing or tech reviews sort of thing, you know, videos essentially. So, something like I, I, Sky, I screamed. I mean, I shouted my highest donate, my highest bidding donator while skydiving, sort of like title, sort of thing. So, I like to make those sort of videos there instead. Yeah. 
And then the XP does still channel, it's just gonna be my back. There won't be anything significant there, I think. So, there's that. But yeah, um, really, I'm looking forward to chase these passions. Like, Anigasaki definitely assisted me with that too. It's like, I don't know, the stories are very relatable to me. So, I guess that's sort of like my bias towards Anigasaki's because, yeah, their life lessons are pretty good and really resonates with my situation of like, oh, I suppressed my passion a long time ago because of a certain failure or, you know, I'm not, I feel too insecure about myself, something like that. And so, you know, with Anigasaki, it's like, it really is like a sort of lifesaver for me. I mean, initially, I guess that's, that's the sort of thing that I said about love life before. It's like, love life is like the thing that really saved my life in a sense, I guess. Because, I mean, my field of thinking is, I guess, much more negative back in the days until I had my sort of like contact with Love Life Sunshine. Because initially, I came with Muse. I don't know if I talked about this story before, but I'm going to say it again, just because it makes sense in this context. I started Love Life, I guess. I had a little glimpse of Love Life on its Muse days. Not on Muse days, but you know, on like its anime standalone. But I didn't really get to relate with Muse that much. And after that, I, after some time, I decided to give the Love Life franchise a try again. And I realized that I still don't relate with Muse that much. But then when I came to Sunshine, you know, it's like that idea of being defeated, but still be able to stand and still take on the challenge and not have any regrets from it. It's, you know, even if things don't go your way every time, you could still make the best of it and, you know, enjoy the moments in it. And so it's like, that's sort of like what really got me beginning the role the descent into the love life uh, rabbit hole and if it weren't for that I wouldn't have watched Anigasaki which is so so relatable in so many levels all the characters there have their personal struggles their, you know multiple struggles and they get to resolve that with the help of the their comrades it's like I don't know it's like very satisfying and so I'm, yeah, I'm really up for Anigasuki. I'd say it's the best one out of the anime, I guess. Yeah, season one, season two. Season two is definitely up there for sure. I'm just like to see how they conclude the storyline for Mia, Ranju, and Yuta. Because they are the main characters right now that are probably going to need a new layer of development. And with the episode yesterday, uh, we kind of like start to see the cracks of Ramju and that she is starting to feel that loneliness, uh, which is like a fatal flaw from her ad ideals of like reaching for the top with disregard of like other people because of her perception of thinking that that would put her down or, you know, pull her back, you know, from her... I guess pursue of becoming the most I guess charming or charismatic uh, school idol so yeah 
that's where it's being challenged, I guess. Because in a sense, when you think about that, it's like everyone's ideals are challenged in a sense throughout the seasons. And so seeing them tackle that and sort of like change their perspective after certain events does help out a lot. And I really like that approach of Anigasaki. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I've mentioned a lot about this argument, but still, the bias goes to Anigasaki. Sheesh. What is wrong with me? <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Mm, somehow I feel like this podcast is a bit too short, but it kind of makes sense because I, I was talking for so much on yesterday's stream, but I guess it would make sense that I would run out of content here in the podcast. And so without a mind, it's like, I'm trying to think here whether I should just uh, end season two um, on this podcast or the next podcast. Perhaps I'll do it the next podcast because if I end it here, it makes it too sudden now, isn't it? So I'm, what I'm thinking here is that I'll be doing my last podcast for season two next uh, on the next episode. So two weeks later, that will be the 29th of May. And that will be my final podcast for season two as Incision Investigators. So after that's dealt with, um, what I'm hoping for season three is that I would like to start making this to into like a more interview sort of podcast. So while yes, it'll be more free talk as well, but I would also love to interview other people. So it's like, oh, hey, someone has some uh, like specialties, like say, oh, I know this guy from the bartender, so I'm going to uh, while bartending. So I'm going to invite him and let, let him share his story or let him let them share their expertise or something like that, you know, and then have like a free chat. So something like <laughs> something like what a bartender would do. It's like, hey, what's your story? And, you know. You know what what would you like to share with others something like that so that's what i'm gonna hope to do on season three and obviously that's gonna require a lot more preparation because obviously you know i gotta need to find people to actually do the podcast and i can't do like multiple takes because you know that, that would obviously annoy the living balls out of like <laughs> the people that will come on the podcast so yeah that's something i'm trying to consider here trying to repurpose the arenas that I have so yeah I already mentioned my other channels and how they're gonna end up being and developing over time so yeah there's that but man it is hot finally you'd think talking about weather would be the first thing to start off the conversation but no I have I use I'm using it to fill up the remaining time <laughs> man it is getting hot humid rainy I love the rainy part, I don't like the part after the rain because uh, it gets extremely hot and humid and I hate that. God. I love the aroma that comes like after the rain with the raindrops and all that but you know with the plants, the smell of plants after rain. That's very satisfying sure but then comes the evaporation of the rain that just fell and god that I hate that. I just hate that moment. At least give us a rainbow t- for us to watch for the love of yeah <laughs> man i can't stand hot climates man. yeah it's like i feel like sometimes things are just never too late to start honestly it's like even now it's like i i thought i would have to just straight up abandon my passion of aviation and yet here we are um me trying to apply for something that will get me back into that passion and so it's like yeah sometimes perhaps 
those doors that will help you achieve your passion or reach your passion perhaps are just there all along you just aren't realizing it until someone helped you out or something like that it's something like Shioriko's story actually from yesterday's episode because on her case it's like well she thought that her elder sister her older sister Kaoruko regretted uh, her you know her journey as a school idol because she lost at the finals or she lost at the school idol uh, not the school idol she lost at the love life the competition you know you know Shiriko was thinking that oh perhaps perhaps if I if she had known that she didn't have the aptitude to win love life then she wouldn't have wasted her three years becoming a school idol so and so Shiriko kind of has this aspect that um while you have dreams it's better to just if your dreams won't lead to a degree of success guaranteed then it's it would have been better to just abandon your dreams and just chase after something that you can do and i guess that's like the ideal that i'm i'm i had i guess for quite a while because there's a lot of things i really wanted to chase after but you know thinking that I don't have the aptitude, I don't have the balls to do it or something that I just back myself out of it, you know. It's like, oh, I had this strategy that caused me to uh, think that I lost the aptitude to become uh, a pilot. And so I kind of abandoned my path as an aviation, uh, in aviation as a pilot. And to see that, no wait, no wait, it's still fine, you know. It's a process. It's the journey in between that if you still enjoy it, it, there's no need to be afraid and just chase it anyway, you know, especially when there are people back out there or close to you that will support your move, you know, support your path in pursuing those. So, and so it's like, hey, gotta do it, you know, if people are there to support you, you should give it a try, even if you fail. Because, you know, you learn a lot. Sometimes, sometimes you have to do something to actually learn some lessons. And yeah, that's, I guess, life, I guess. Dang. I guess it was better, a bit better, I guess, Shiriko's attitude. Uh, because uh, towards, you know, relative to Ren. Because Ren's case is like, uh, oh, I thought my mother regretted becoming school idol because she failed to save the school. And so... To, pr- to stop others from feeling the same regret that she did, I'm gonna, I won't allow school idols, even though I myself love school idols, sort of thing. And, you know, that sort of thing is kind of like came off as a bit crude in Superstar. But uh, yeah, I mean, it depends. It depends on how you read it. I, I do like Shiriko's sort of like treatment in between, even though the solution is there. And this time, the person that she was inspired from, Kaoruko, was the one that literally told Shiriko that she didn't regret becoming a school idol. So, yeah. Hooray. We somehow ended up just wasting some free talk amount. <laughs> this is supposed to be for next week's uh, Nijihaka free talk, and yet I used it on a podcast. What is wrong with me? <laughs> uh, yeah, as you can see, the, blur- the boundaries between the podcast and you know my free talks are starting to starting to disappear which is why i had to make the decision to like shift the theme of the podcast 
So, yeah. Further announcements, I'll be announcing it on the... On, an, on the video. I'll announce it on the video uh, whenever Season 3 is ready. Uh, because I don't have a proper time to say that, oh, I'm definitely going to be back here. Because, remember, I'm going to need a constant stream of guests. And there isn't really much I could interview. I mean, yeah, I could just go ahead and be like, oh, I'm going to try and interview my... Uh, my camera mentor and, t and have him share his thoughts on photography and all that. That could work because, you know, he has uh, talked about his, like, he has studied photography in Japan and so, like, has, like, a different perception of photography relative to, like, a lot of Hong Kongers, uh, Hong Kong photographers. So, yeah, you could say that's, like, his gimmick sort of thing. And perhaps we could you know, pick his brain, I guess, and see what we can learn as photographers. The problem with that is obviously I'm gonna, that's going to be in Cantonese, and, you know, I'm probably going to need to translate that, I guess. So, yeah. A lot more effort is going to be put in, I suppose, but we'll see. It depends on what sort of guests I will be inviting to the podcast. So, yeah, there's that. Pretty neat, I guess. <laughs> oh, man. This one, I'm going to need that bartender job. So I could get people to actually interview. Sheesh. But yeah, wouldn't it be nice if I just like have that sort of like setting as like as a bartender, bartender YouTuber, or bartending streamer? It's like I stream myself bartending, and then literally when customers come up and have a talk, you'd also kind of have a look at it. Or at the same time, also checking like the background processes as well. So yeah, it'll be cool. It's a cool concept. I don't see any that many uh, live streams of bartenders. So, I'll try that. So, we'll see. Anyway, so that's it. That's going to be it for today's podcast. Let me know your thoughts on the Sony products that I've mentioned on the first half of the podcast. Or let me know what sort of passions you're chasing after and perhaps, like, left behind. Maybe it's time for you to chase it again? Let me know. Let me know your thoughts on passion. On passion in general in the comments. And, uh, yeah, but that's it. Yeah. Um, if you enjoyed today's podcast, then be sure to leave a like on the YouTube video or give us a follow on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts. Or any other of the major podcasting websites that uh, Anchor supports. But uh, yeah, with that said, I'm your Detective XP player, and I've been playing Blue Tag this entire podcast. What is wrong with me? <laughs> and I'll see you guys next time. Is that, is that my outro? Is that, is that my outro? It is. Screw it. Bye-bye.